0: super talk mississippi media production it's a great time to live in mississippi and we're talking about it welcome to the ricky matthew show on super talk mississippi
1: Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, where we celebrate every single day the people who are working so hard to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. You know, we've had a a wonderful string of guests on this show, including recently the tribute to George Slogel. Where we had community leaders from across coastal Mississippi, including former Governor of Mississippi Haley Barber, join us. If you missed that, I would really encourage you to go to the Super Talk Gov Coast Facebook page or to the Ricky Matthews Show Facebook page, or you can go to Super Talk Mississippi YouTube or your favorite podcast. Uh, we try to be there with this show however, whenever you want to engage with us. The feedback continues to be really incredible. You know, I, re- I particularly enjoy doing a live remote down at the um, uh, down town. Green during cruising the coast, not only to celebrate the Mississippi economy, um, the economic engine of the tourism economy in Mississippi in action. It was just incredible to see that, but also to get an opportunity to interact with listeners. So many came by to say hello. Um, so many of them uh, visited and took pictures, and it was awesome. It's not, I don't get to do that too often. We we've probably done I've probably done since we started the show. Uh, soon to be four years ago amazingly um, We've probably done five live remotes so don't get out very often and when when we do in that in, in that sort of way in a live remote setting with super with the, the team from Supertalk, it's awesome to be able to interact with people but I, 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 we appreciate Kyle and Cammy, and I continue to appreciate the the feedback we get. We uh, we enjoy celebrating coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, and uh, it's been it's been a great journey. And as you know, we've we've branched out now on Thursday to the Jackson and Delta markets. We'll be adding more days and and uh, more communities going forward. So the show's doing really well, and it's because people like you are paying attention and listening and uh, enjoying with us uh, the stories of so many people who are working so hard to make this such a great place to live work and play. You know, I've really uh, I was excited when I saw the next guest pop up on the agenda because uh, uh, Nina Nina Parikh is someone I really enjoy visiting with. She's the director of the Mississippi Film Office here in Mississippi. She's been there over 20 years and she's seen this incredible evolution of the film industry in this state and really arts in general. And we're going to catch up with, with uh, Nina. We could, we could have a special guest along the way. We're not sure yet, but if we don't, that's Cool too. We're gonna to continue to like roll on through. How you doing, Nina?
2: I'm doing great. I'm always happy to be on your show. Um, you are always so happy. It's awesome. I'm awesome to bring in good news and good stories.
1: So. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. you know, here's my here's my view. As you know, I retired in two thousand and sixteen. And I've been retired for a little over four years. When I had the opportunity to come do this show, and it took me a while to kind of decide I wanted to do it. But I'm here because I want to be. I'm here because the thing I missed about being a publisher is connecting with the community. And uh, the day I don't wake up looking forward to doing this show, I'm you know I'll go back to retirement and enjoy retirement. But I've I've enjoyed this, and I've enjoyed from time to time getting involved in issues that are important to Mississippi, and. And um, as long as you know, as the folks at Super Talk continue to give me a voice. I'm going to use mine in a way that's positive and 99% of the time is going to be about, it's going to be about enthusiastically celebrating the state and Mississippi. And I know that's why you're doing what you're doing because you're the kind of work that you do, Nina, you could do it anywhere, but you've chosen to stay in Mississippi and, um, and, and it's it's fun to contribute toward advancing the ball here, isn't it?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, You know, the funny thing about the film industry, but I think it's across the board, it's not just the film industry, but you get to be involved in things at a very high level if you choose to be. It's one of these places where if you you want to be immersed in something, you're probably two people from... Actually, making that happen, you know, learn, learning who the mover and shaker is in that world, um, the leader in that world is—it's is right there at your fingertips. And so, oftentimes, I'll tell people that want to get into the film industry, and they're talking about moving away. I'll oftentimes say, you know, you might want to dip your toes in here because you'll establish yourself quick, more quickly here. Um, than you will in say a place like Los Angeles where it's an ocean that you're trying to make an impact. Whereas here, yeah, we have some lakes, we have some ponds and you, may <laughs> you can be a big fish pretty quickly here. And I think that, you know, carries over to so many things in Mississippi. I use like the Sundance Film Festival as an example of that sometimes. You know, when you go to Sundance, the Sundance Film Festival, which is one of the biggest film festivals in the world, you go to a film screening; you're lucky to get a ticket. You know, you have to stand in lines forever. Let's say you get in there, and then the film happens. The filmmaker's there to do a Q&A. You're hopefully, if you have a question, you'll get it answered. But you may, you really easily may not. But then you come to a film festival here in Mississippi, whether it's something on the Gulf Coast or in Jackson or Oxford, you you will get a ticket more than likely. You will hear that Q and A, and afterwards, you're probably walking down and saying hello to that filmmaker directly or the actors, and then you're probably going to a reception afterwards and and connecting with those filmmakers. So, I just think the accessibility in Mississippi is so great, um, and particularly if you're in the arts and you need you you want to be influenced and have the um, the experience of connecting with people that have already accomplished some success and, and to help you take the next step. So it's really cool to be a part of that.
1: Well, Nina, what's interesting is the, the longer you stay in this position, um, you've been able to, as long as you've stayed, let me put it this way, in this position, you've been in a position where you've seen really dramatic change in the movie industry, you know, you've seen, you know, reality TV shows come to the to fruition. You've seen streaming services emerge as a big part of the revenue stream for, for production companies, etc. Um, big, big changes in just movie making in general, and uh, it gives you a perspective, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you're not just you're you're it, while a lot of the work that you see plays out in Mississippi. Oftentimes, you're dealing with producers and companies that are not from Mississippi that are. Here and bringing their perspective And I mean it's, it's a fast Changing world isn't it
2: It is um, You know when I started in the film office 25 years ago so I celebrated my 25 year anniversary last Week or so <laughs> Um, there, there There certainly weren't Any filmmakers that are Mississippi Based making feature films there were some that Were making short films Um, We were Lucky to have one or two feature films filming in the state, you know, other people coming into the state to film when I started. And then now we're at a point where we have half a dozen Mississippians making feature-length films in the state, multiples. Um, Last year, the last couple of years, we had an average of, say, 21, 22 feature films filming in the state. That's uh, outrageous. (laughs) Uh, So... The work that I do personally has changed dramatically um, over the 25 years. And it is really cool to kind of watch the trajectory. You know, like I could, there are a lot of people that are in jobs for just a couple of years and they move on, jump to the next one. And so they don't get to see those, the patterns and how the patterns change. Um, so that was, that's been pretty remarkable. Um, I love it when I've been able to see a student go, you know, from wanting to be in the film industry to then having made their first feature film in Mississippi. That's incredible. And um and some of those people I've taught myself. Others, you know, I've just seen that their work at a film festival, but to be able to follow that is like you're literally watching dreams come true.
1: <laughs> it is, you know, and what's interesting is it all comes back to their passion, their dogged determination, and their creativity. Mm-hmm. I means stars can emerge, whether you're talking about actors or producers or writers or whatever. They can they can emerge from anywhere at any anywhere. moment.
2: Absolutely. I mean, even um, department heads, like a costume designer. I mean, I love to tell this story about. Caroline Eslin, who's from the Gulf Coast. I don't know if I've told you this before. She's from she grew up in Pascagoula. She and I went to USM at the same time. She studied film. She was really interested in like music videos and, and short form things. Um, and she always dressed really cool. So. <laughs> so so she always she's a very creative person in many ways. Um, when I started at the film office, one of the first features that came through was, Oh brother, where art thou? So I was helping that movie find crew members locally. And she, at that point, was interested in maybe the costume department. So she went and worked on that at, you know, the lowest job within the costume department of an, a, um, a production assistant within the costume department. She is now the costume designer for Barry Jenkins, the director. And Barry Jenkins directed the Oscar um, Best Picture winner *Moonlight*. So she did um, the Underground Railroad series. It was on Amazon a couple years ago. She just finished uh, a project, a series project with Jason Momoa from *Game of Thrones*. Um, it's called Chief Chief of War, I believe, uh, and she's from Pascahulla, you know. So she. Is you'll have superstar.
1: to give me her contact information. I'd love to do a show focused on her. What a, that's a great story. Um, listen, Nina. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk. We'll remind people what the Mississippi Film Office is. What do you do? And then we'll talk about some of the films that are actually out there. Some of the ones that you are most proud of that Mississippi has had the opportunity to sort of be on this grand stage. When we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Nina. Tariq is the director of the Mississippi Film Office. We'll see you after this.
0: His passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthew Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews show. I have my friend Nina Parikh, who's the director of the Mississippi Film Office, celebrating her 25th anniversary with the Film Office. That's awesome. You know, she went to uh, New York University and the University of Southern Mississippi. She works as a producer. She's even done her own film that was actually at Sundance uh, Fe- Film Festival. So when she talks about the Sundance Film Festival, she doesn't do it just as a, a film office director, but she she talks about About it from someone who actually has experience bringing a film, in her case, *Ballast*, to the film festival back in 2009, and uh, she's, you know, a co-founder of an important film festival here in Mississippi, the Crossroads Film Festival and Society. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, But you've built—it's all building blocks, isn't it, uh, Nina? It is.
2: It is. It is building blocks, and I think if somebody is in a job for a couple years, they don't really see that. Um, and I've just had this great fortune to be able to see how how one thing builds on another. Um, we just had a film summit in Jackson and we do this every three to four years. So the last one I think was 2018 or 2019. And that's an opportunity for us to bring the industry together um, and bring people that work in the industry worldwide to share information with with our industry. And the wonderful thing about this. So the first the first summit I think was in 98 or 99 so right about when I started. And the reason we did it was because I had been freelance and I worked in the I worked as a camera assistant mostly. And there weren't a lot of camera assistants in in the state. So I had the great fortune of hopping around, you know, so I could work on productions in Jackson and on the Gulf Coast and North Mississippi because I was one of the very very few camera assistants and every production needed one. So I'd meet these people around the state and I would mention to somebody on the Gulf Coast, oh, do you know this person from Jackson? I think you guys would get along really well and work together well. And they'd say, oh, no, no, I don't know that person. And I just kept feeling like, we all need to know each other because we're a small community. What could we do if we knew each other? And Ward Emling was the director at the time when I came into the film office. And he was also thinking similarly. So we created this summit to bring all the people from around the state together. And then we could start building our industry. And that certainly happens. I mean, we see the seeds get planted at every summit. Um, From that first summit, um, the Crossroads Film Festival came to be, the Mississippi Film Alliance came to be. Um, there were film filmmakers who'd never made anything before who connected with other people. And so then they ended up making projects. And so this past summit, which happened at the end of August, um, there were a lot of people I didn't know. So that was kind of exciting, you know, like it's one you're excited when people you know come to the table but then when you see a bunch of people out there that you're not aware of and what they're doing and you're like oh well one yay our message is getting out because they showed up but two what is it that they're going to create that's going to come out into the world so it's it's pretty amazing um you know as you talk about building blocks you know I'm, i've been talking about it like planting seeds you know and i'm already seeing things starting to emerge from the ground from some of the seeds just in this past august so
1: it's really cool so when you when you think about the film industry in Mississippi it really takes a village you think about the role the legislature can play you think about the role yeah. the governor can play you think about the low, the the role the business community can can play it's it's a it's an it's a discussion that is under the umbrella of economic development it's 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 um, it's under the umbrella of uh, public relations for the state of Mississippi because you never know which film is going to get out there that's going to put the culture of Mississippi on a big stage. And there've been so many good examples of that. Haven't there?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the one that is, was unexpected, I think, um, is hometown on HGTV, which has changed Mississippi so dramatically. Um, they're going into season eight. They just got renewed for season eight. And, you know, some people might look at it just as like, oh, well, what's the big deal? They're just renovating houses. Well, Ben and Aaron Napier and the community in Laurel and surrounding Laurel, they are changing things. It's not just about home renovation. They, they are telling a story about small towns in America. Um, they are They are showing us the diversity that exists in small towns in America, and specifically in Mississippi, and maybe that's unexpected to some people around the country and world. Um, Laurel, Mississippi is a different place than it was 10 years ago, like remarkably different. I don't know if, if you know much about Laurel, if you visited Laurel, but 10 years ago, there was nothing downtown. Now every storefront's full. Um, there are license plates from all over the country every single day driving through. You know, if you're paying any attention to popular popular culture in the United States, um, you will recognize Ben and Aaron's names very easily. And they're and they're doing things beyond that too. You know, so yes, they've they have this show. But they've grown their community and they have other businesses. Ben and Aaron have other businesses that are affecting uh, people all over the world. And now um, Aaron has a, an organization called Osprey, which is encouraging families to um, delay the use of social media with their children. And so their thought, I think, is. If there are big communities of people committing to this, then it can actually be done. Whereas if you just let it be, at some point your kid's going to say, well, my friend's on social media and they're on social media. Well, why can't I be on social media? But they're actively trying to grow communities uh, so that you delay that use and have more in-person interaction ultimately. So they're doing cool things. They're doing really cool things. And it yeah, stems from the show, but it's grown because people are committed there in Laurel,
1: Mississippi. Well, what I love about it though, is they're using their platform to do good. And, you know, it's uh, it goes to, so for someone who's not paying attention to this, they don't, they don't even really know what we're talking about. Right. But, but if you're, if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, you should go do a search about it because the reality is, you never know where these celebrities that can sort of touch a nerve, you know, in people who follow the show, and then the resulting sort of um, reverberating impact on the local economy that that show has been. I mean, it's 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 profound, really, isn't it, Nina?
2: It is. It is. I mean, could we? You know, is, po- is it possible for us to have three, four, five hometowns? If it is, I'm I'm working toward that. <laughs> Whatever we can do to get there. Um, The producers of the show of Hometown are interested in doing other shows in Mississippi. So, you know, they're looking for stories. We're helping them find stories. And hopefully they will continue to um, tell stories in Mississippi. But I was just at the Governor's Conference on Tourism last week. And one of the backdrops um, for the speakers had something um, on it written, said, Mississippi is a story worth telling. And I thought. I've believed that since the moment I started the film, before I started at the film office and it just, that doesn't ever go away for me every single day. I feel that way that there is a story in Mississippi that is worth telling. And I feel s- super great about what I get to do every day in the same way that you do Ricky, you know, yeah. you you're more, and you're like, Oh, we get to tell these stories. We get to connect with people. And, um,
1: yeah, it's. you know, you know just—I'm—I'm just—I'm going to do some brainstorming with you real quick. Right. <laughs> but you know, you and I chatted a little bit about Steve Azar when we first started the show before we, before we actually came on the air. But he, having written the the new state song for Mississippi, One Mississippi, and he's the music and cultural ambassador for the state, and the way he represents the state, he's uh, helping produce other young artists now out of the uh, Delta State um, uh, studio. There, one of the Best music studios he's ever been in. He the way he describes it.
2: Oh yeah, that's and, the DMI,
1: the Delphi. Yeah, he's doing incredible yeah. work there. And um, you know, his after having his great career in Nashville to come back home, and w- one of the one of the video one of the, I think I may have mentioned this to you before, but the documentary he did, there's something under water about writing the Mississippi Reunion. Uh, album that he did. That's uh, the songs in the in the album are songs that are named after Mississippi cities, mm-hmm. and um, the Kingsmen, who w- were the backup band for BB King, are on the on this uh, album and the the documentaries about all of them getting together <clears throat> and doing this album. You know, when Steve and I talk about the music history of mississippi both whether it be country or whether it be blues or whether it be rock and roll with you know with elvis presley having been here the home of american music seems to me there's a show somewhere in that an emerging artist uh, i think about Kingfish, for example, and his work, and uh, and there's so many others emerging uh, blues guitarists and singers and writers that go to Europe and they're famous. They're right. literally famous when they when they get to Europe, and they come back here and they drive an eighteen wheeler. You know, it's but there's a story in that somewhere. There's a there's, an, there's a there's a there is a uh, a reality show of some sort that touches the nerve when you think about the the impact. That the Mississippi Blues story had on the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and so many others, and this and, and how this this whole European sort of blues network cranked up because of people like Robert Johnson who didn't get discovered till long after he died. When you think about that history, there is there's something there that could touch the international nerve centered around Mississippi's music contribution. So I don't know if, if that's even where they would want to go but but steve would be a really good host of such a show like that and would That's be at incredible all
2: right we're if if the hometown folks are listening
1: <laughs> producers of well, you can share this with them i would i would love to to inspire the discussion around something like that hey when we come back on the other side we'll continue our conversation with nina and Parikh
0: reminding you why we all love living in Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthew show on Super Talk
1: 103.1. You never know where the seeds are going to come from and who's going to plant them and how they're going to grow. There's so much creativity in Mississippi. You think about you think about whether it's the film industry or music or whatever. There are so many incredible leaders that have gone on, as I refer to them, Nina. Just like the hometown, uh, they go on to sort of be ambassadors for the state. I mean, they, I mean, they they go beyond the state of Mississippi, and now they're representatives for the state. And we could name so many of them. You know, Morgan Freeman maybe being at the top of the list on on on, on being that sort of ultimate ambassador. But there are many. Of them aren't there?
2: There are um, I was just thinking about another show I'm not sure if you're aware of this but there's a Show called True South that's on the SEC network and it's Hosted and produced by two Mississippians Wright Thompson who's An author um, And then John T. Edge who's Also an author and works in the, the food Space he was um, one of the founding directors Of the Southern Foodways Alliance And they do this show called True South it's all over the Southeast but they've done some shows in Mississippi And um, It seems funny to do kind of a culture show on a sports network, but because sports is, particularly football, is so centered on the South, uh, they decided to tell the stories of the South. So we've got these two Mississippians, uh, they live in Oxford, they travel the Southeast and tell the stories of small towns, uh, food-related, culture-related, not really sports-related, on... On the SEC network, which is cool that they're they're telling these stories. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention, another person, also from the Oxford area, is Michael Ferris Smith, who's an author. Um, he just had a new book come out. Uh, I wish I had the title in front of me. Sal- Salvage. Can't remember the rest of the title, but Michael Ferris Smith. Anyway, he's had he's written two books that have been adapted to screenplays and been produced and he he did the adaptation of this the books to scripts which is rare most of the time an author does not adapt their their book to a screenplay um, so he's adapted them they got picked up they've got they've been produced one of them was made in mississippi uh, about a year and a half ago in natchez and the book is titled the fighter and this the movie is called rumble through the dark And that's coming out in November in theaters and then streaming, of course. And the other one is called Desperation Road. So that one was not filmed in Mississippi, but it's obviously written by a Mississippian. Um, I think Mel Gibson is in Desperation Road. And then the other one, um, um, Aaron Eckhart is in Rumble Through the Dark. So those are coming out soon. So that's a really exciting thing that we have... An author in Mississippi who's adapted his work and they've actually been produced. So, you know, there are a number of writers that might get their work adapted to a script, but it never gets made. You know, oftentimes it sits on a shelf and you're waiting to get that funding. So this is happening. So all these new seeds being planted
1: <laughs> all over the place. Well, you know who's gonna be the next John Grisham or yeah. William Faulkner or Eudora Wealthy or Richard Wright or, you know, the list goes on and on, but who's that next one gonna be? And they're there. They're there, they they probably are already making themselves known as we speak, but you have to create an environment, you have to create an ecosystem that the film office is so dedicated to creating that includes that includes working with production companies so they can be successful with their filming efforts in Mississippi. It includes working with the legislature to create incentives for them. It, it, it It's tapping to them on a number of levels. It includes, in fact, uh, the work that you do in even teaching film to young people to see, to teach them, do they have a hidden talent that could emerge that could become the next John Grisham, for example. Um, you feel that, though, but to, to be successful you really have to hit on a bunch of different cylinders, don't you?
2: You do absolutely I you know one of the one of the panels that we had during the summit was it was cool to see these people on the same stage together. So we had um, Angie Tarrant who is the producer of Hometown, one of the producers of Hometown. We had Wright Thompson whos one of the producers of True South. We had um, Patrick Ian Polk, who is a producer and director from Hattiesburg. He doesn't live in the state currently, but he has produced television for quite a long time. He actually produced the first LGBTQ focused series for the first channel, the first network um, for that type of um, programming. there's a there's a show called Pea Valley that's on Showtime I think or Stars I can't remember which but he's one of the producers of that and then we had Hudson Hickman, who's who had lived in California for I don't know 25 30 years and moved back to his hometown of New Albany, and he produced things like uh, he was on the Love Boat and MacGyver and all sorts of big shows like that, and currently now he produces some of the Dolly Parton specials that have won Emmys recently so there was like a Christmas special with Dolly Parton so you know having those people on the same stage all having a tie to Mississippi in some capacity um, and knowing all the seeds that they have planted for themselves and now for all these people are you know that have worked on their projects that's just incredible it's incredible and they all came from so you know such different backgrounds in terms of the type of work they do so they were excited just the energy on stage between them was fun to watch because you could see light bulbs going off in their heads like oh we could do this and maybe we could work together and what about this show you know so just seeing it kind of organically blossom in front of you is so cool
1: It it is. Listen, I had a my wife and I were talking yesterday morning, for for a matter of fact, and um, you know, I I get I'm a former publisher, and I, I get frustrated with the political situation in America. I think most Americans are somewhere in the middle. And uh, I like to I like to talk about that from that from time to time, about how most of us agree. There are center right or center left, but most of us are somewhere in the middle. But the polarized ends are too often deciding the agenda. And I'll post something on my personal page, Facebook page every now and then, sharing some frustration, but not being too political. And she said to me yesterday morning, she says, don't do that at all. She says you know we we spent the early early time of our of our family going to dollywood every year we love dolly pardon and what she stands for and the way she can represent so many people and she looks at me and she says you need to be dolly pardon Yes, don't everybody
2: make, needs to be Dolly Parton. She's just,
1: don't make anybody <laughs> mad. Bring people together. Love everybody. And you know what? That's really, I would say 99.9% of the time, I'm not trying to be Dolly Parton. Let me make that very clear. But but 99.9% of the time, I'm trying to live up to the ideal that she stands for, you know, this principle that she stands for, that, that we can all get along, you know, that we can all go about things together. And... Um, you know you I, I would bet in your in your position, you have to be very much like that too, because you 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 meet people from all walks of life, don't you?
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I like to say that you know i have I have to be a great diplomat for both inside and outside of the state. Um, and we all are in in our office. Um, we all sorts of people come through our office with all sorts of Subject matters, some things we like, some things we don't. It Doesn't matter, you know. We're we're just here to connect the dots and make sure people can do the work that they choose to do. Um, yeah, it's a great pro- privilege to to be that ambassador and diplomat. <laughs>
1: hey, listen, this. I know this for a fact that changing the state song for Mississippi, changing the flag for Mississippi. Uh, every chance we get, talking to people who are all about trying to bring people together, uh, you know, and uh, whether you're African American or or some other race or or white, it doesn't matter. That when people find success in the state and then they leave and go have to go represent the state in other places, they do carry a burden with them, and they often talk about that. That it's a burden to say, I don't know what's in your head about where I came from. I don't know what your perception of Mississippi is. But let me, through my actions, show you who we are, what's in the heart and soul of Mississippians. I hear it over and over again that people believe, and I say it's a burden, I I don't mean that they're literally carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, but they, they feel a responsibility, frankly, for dispelling the myths. And there's always going to be division in any state. There's history in every state. But I think for the most part, when you think about where Mississippi is today, we're in a much better place than we were before. We've always got more work to do. But um, that 's the message of this show that 's what I want to press forward and uh, i have a I have a I don't know if it's a chip on my shoulder, but I guess you can call it that. I mean, that's okay to call it that to represent Mississippi in a way that in a way that I would want others to see us. You know that? And you oh, you you feel the same responsibility, I don't do. you?
2: I do. I absolutely do. Um, you know i'm I'm raising a Mississippian. Um, I'm a proud Mississippian, and i I know as you do, Mississippi has um, a challenging history.
1: yeah. And when you say the name, people are like, "Oh, you know." Yeah, they do. They do. Some of it, some of it, we deserve. But the a lot of it, we deserve. But the the evolution from that point in our history to where we are today is one thing that I think people should say more about. You know, from their heart and from their soul. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Nina Parikh, head of the Mississippi Film Office. We'll see you after this.
0: To more of the Ricky Matthews show on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Back to my friend Nina Parikh, who's the director of the Mississippi Film Office. I, I, we knew this when we started the show. We never know where it's going to go. We never know. And uh, she's super passionate about this state. I am too. You know, I I was a publisher for a long time. I was I've been committed in the community for a long time. And now I've been doing this show for three and a half years. You know, it seemed to be going on four years. Nina's been at the film office for 25 years. In that period of time, we've seen a lot of change. We've met a lot of great leaders. We've seen some that could change their message. But at the end of the day, we see the best of what it's in Mississippi. And so i know when I'm going to spend time with Nina that, you know, we're going to end up getting into some of that, which I'm thrilled to do because it's very positive. At the end of the day, what we talk about is very positive. Hey, listen, Nina, tell me about, Daniel Lewis?
2: Yeah, Daniel Lewis is a producer who is based in Louisiana. but he's made like six, seven projects in Mississippi. Um, and it's not what you expect either. I mean, I think oftentimes you think about filmmaking as you know the the big movie that's gonna be on the big screen. Or you might think about, you know, like we just talked about Hometown that's on HGTV, but he's making things for like Lifetime and the Hallmark um, Network, he's making Christmas movies, you know, they're about to come out you know, hit November hits and suddenly the Christmas movies will be on, on lifetime and the Hallmark channels. Uh, so he makes those, he makes things for the sci-fi network. So these are lower budgeted projects that don't have the pomp and circumstance of a big theatrical, um, release. You know, it's not, they're not Oscar winners or anything, but they are the bread and butter of so many filmmakers and so many artists, actors, um, and he has this niche. Uh, he's done these projects all over the Southeast. He really loves being in Mississippi. So I think he's done maybe five on the Gulf Coast. And then he did two in Natchez, Mississippi. Um, last The last couple of years, it was Every Time a Bell Rings and New Orleans Noel. So both Christmas movies. Um, New Orleans Noel, of course, is a New Orleans-based story, but they shot most of it in Natchez. So that was cool for them to do that. And he plans on coming back. I was hoping he was going to be able to join us today, but he is on a movie in, I think, Washington State. So I'm guessing that maybe they have a late night.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey, But you know what's interesting about him is that you you say he's found a niche and they aren't particularly high-budget films. But... I think the Hallmark Channel has done a terrific job of developing their brand around these feel good things because it, the, i have watched my wife ann or her mother and others they'll 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 kind of gravitate toward it because they get sick of all the bad news they get sick yeah. of you know social media and they just want to kind of get their brain freed up for a little bit yeah. and they're really well done actually they,
2: they are yeah he does they do a great job with these these projects um I mean, think about, there's a huge risk with something at a box office at the theater. You yeah. put it on a, the Hallmark Channel or Lifetime, and you're going to have an audience for a long time. You know, those movies run over and over and over. at Christmas in Mississippi, which was filmed there in Gulfport and surrounding areas, has run every year for the last, yeah. like, five years. And the big Christmas... Um, Presentation that y'all have there in Gulfport, uh, which I can't remember the name of right now, but they featured that in the movie, and so people all over the world know about that display of lights that y'all do in Gulfport. Harbor lights. lights. Yes, harbor
1: lights.
2: So people come to that from all over the southeast or maybe all over the country. you know. Yeah, it's exploded. Area.
1: It really has. The social media, in fact, I, when I talked to the mayor and Jace Payne, who's the marketing director for the city, the social media muscle that comes out of that that event is incredible. people yeah. driving through and sharing it with their family and friends from all over the country and then they want to come and see it and it's really exploded and uh, Rick Carter from Island View has invested heavily in, in helping make it be the best it can be and um, you know uh, so Rick,
2: Rick and um, Rick Carter and Danny Lewis have worked together as well on some of these projects. So.
1: Right. I'm I'm aware of that. For a matter of fact, I was aware of that. So yeah. And he's, he's, he's proud of it. He's proud of, of that connection because um, he wants Mississippi, he wants Mississippi to be viewed in the best light possible. And it's important to him as well. Hey, if you think about the shows in a short time we have left or the movies that are being produced on the coast, what's been down here recently?
2: Oh, recently you had Sylvester Stallone there in a movie called Armored. So that was... They were actually in Purlington. So that hasn't been a place that's been featured in the past, to my knowledge. So that's cool. A different part of the Gulf Coast being featured. Um, and that producer actually is a return producer, too. So his name is um, Randall Emmett, and he's done, I think, four movies on the Gulf Coast. And those are usually, you know, in the action genre with some big name Um So he'll probably be back again, but that has just finished. We have some things coming. I can't announce them yet, but you know, we're trying to get over the hump of the writer's strike and the actor's strike. We're at a point where the writer's strike is Mm -hmm. ended, but still the actor strike. But once those are both resolved, it looks like we're going to have a couple back-to-back movies on the Gulf Coast that are new genre, new genre, um, super fun. I can't wait to be able to announce those. Um, So, yeah, there are things coming up.
1: Nina, I love spending time with you. Your enthusiasm for the state is contagious, and um, I love just letting the conversation go wherever it's going to go, and today was no exception to that rule. But it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank
2: you. It's always a great break in the day to day to get a call and say, "Hey, Ricky, want you on the show?" And I'm always like, "Yes, I'm on. I'm ready.
0: Let's go."
1: <laughs> well, thank you. It's a, I'm honored for you to say that with all the people you come in contact with. But this has been uh, Nina Perik, the director of the Mississippi Film Office. I hope you have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you. You too.